Today's guest is the beautiful Sarita Johan. Welcome to Together We Rise, the podcast. I'm Maxime, your host, and this is a place for deep dives into all of the things that make us both human and infinite. We are living in big times of change, where old systems are crumbling and new ways of being are being asked of us. And if you're here, you know you came to contribute to that. So let these conversations be a means for reigniting inspiration, hope, and deeper inner remembrance, so that we can co-create a new way in the now. That she holds naturally. Today's guest is the beautiful Sarita Johan. This conversation. Now, she'll be super glad that I introduced well her. before like her time. And what I, I will say though is that she is my mother. As long as my and to describe this woman, I would describe half the, the various woman that I am today without her. Quote unquote and roles I that she plays in this world. Half her the mother that she is. Background. I know that my future babies will be but extremely blessed. Because I don't want to do any of that because I want you to feel her. I want she you to feel her has heart. given me a template I want you to feel for what it is to be tenacity for what and it is to show up vivaciousness that for she your children actually with and her curiosity for life will graciousness and this conversation I have their journey and she was well and that doesn't mean that time. she's probably always found it what easy I will say from, though is that she is and it doesn't mother. mean that our relationship has always been rainbows and butterflies I would have been half the woman and there have been passages of time where we actually haven't I even had a relationship half and the mother really that she is committed to I doing the work on ourselves and be extremely blessed side by side in our relationship which you will hear throughout this conversation she has given, given Mother's Day is a few days away what it, it is like to be a really timely and what it is to show up opportunity for us to bring for your children forward with yeah to graciousness and this dynamicness and for their journeys how and that doesn't mean that she's probably stories collectively and it doesn't mean that our relationship and individually when it comes into our lineages and what we in are fact allowing, it hasn't the ex- and there have uh, been the of time where we actually haven't the next generation to be through and that we're really as well so committed to doing the I work on chat. ourselves and Side by side, many more minutes just about her, and this intro is much longer than normal. But I'm not going to give Mother's Day is a few days away. It felt this like conversation this really timely and begin and let you opportunity for us to bring his, yeah, this forward it is such and an honor to be able yeah, to, to share her and our relationship dynamic because it is so near, dear, and so how we have me. the potential of rewriting okay, stories collectively. And individually, when it comes to our lineages and what we are allowing, the uh, allowing the future experience of the next generation to be through that dynamic as well so I could chat for many more minutes just about her and this intro is much longer than normal but I'm not going to do that I'm just going to let this conversation begin and let you experience her because yeah it is such an honor to be able to share her and our relationship because it is so near dear and sacred to me but yeah, let's just dive And it is my beautiful mother. Um, we'll unpack all of the reasons why I felt called to creating this conversation shortly. Uh, Timing-wise, of course, Mother's Day is coming up in May. But before we get started, as I always do, I'm going to kick off with the first question that I ask every guest, which is, what is your medicine for this world? <laughs> Well, um, I really don't like that question because it's such a leading question. Okay, so my medicine for the world is to support and guide people to be everything that they want to be 
and uh, the desire to be, whether it's in business or in life, I really feel that's my that's my medicine. Mm. And to give a bit of context for people that are listening, my mum's background is, I'm going to use the word coach lightly because it's so much more than that, but to get, yeah, I guess the terminology around it, she's been in business and the business world and business space for many decades now and has supported people in so many different roles and ways and specifically the last eight or so years in her own business. Uh, But prior to that, you know, many, many, many years in entrepreneurship, doing things that were way outside of the box before it was a kind of a cool thing or an industry as we've seen now over the last couple of decades. But she's also a lot more than that, you know, and comes from the era of where women were very much, you know, stepping into these arenas where it wasn't yet accepted as a norm and juggling the motherhood and the businesswoman and, you know, so many different other roles before, again, we had this era of what we're seeing now play out. And I guess that's something that I would love to address a little bit later, but I want to start off with our journey and I want to start off with, you know, where we have been, where we have come from, because with Mother's Day being near, it's something that is in the forefront of many people's minds in terms of what their mum means to them, you know, the perhaps the relationship that they don't have with their mum. And there are so many, yeah, things that are intertwined and interwoven in the mother-daughter relationship and connection and our ancestry and all that sort of stuff, which we will definitely, I feel, unpack more as we progress. But you're also coming from a place where you didn't have your mum very present in your life. Would you be willing to share a little bit around your story and your journey into motherhood and firstly the relationship that you had with your mum? And I know we're going to dive deep pretty quickly, (laughs) Um, but that is the relationship that you and I have and I feel people will get what they need from just hearing that. So could you start with a little bit of that journey for you? Um. Yes, so as you mentioned, I do not have, I never had a really close relationship with my mum and that's for various reasons. Um, I grew up without her a lot in my younger years, so I think that has definitely made a an impact over time and I guess she did the best she could with who she was and her situation and where she came from. But I think as a young, small human, I pretty quickly understood that I didn't have the traditional relationship with my mum. And I guess over time that became even more apparent as I was moving into circles and environments where I did see like the family unit, you know, was my mum and I always and um, like in those later years in particular. But I knew that that was something that I didn't want to sort of continue. And when I said I didn't want to continue that, it actually was that embedded in me that I would never have children because I saw the impact she had had on me and I went like, well, why would I put children in this world (laughs) Mm. if that's what it looks like? But, of course, over time you meet different people, you get shown different ways, and that literally changed when I met your dad and he played a big, big role in that because he came from a family where there was a family unit 
And it's not to say that they were perfect, but they had that father, mother, like the traditional family unit was present. And I fell in love with that. I thought, wow, that's really cool. And perhaps I could have that. And so from not wanting children, not wanting to get married, just wanted to have a fun relationship, I ended up having three children. And as I say very often um, to all three of you, you know, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I compare my relationship with you guys and the one that I have with my mum or the almost non-existent one that I have with my mum. And there are some key ingredients in there, key differences that has made me the mum that I am today. And I have no, I hold no um, male thoughts around her or ill feelings. Um, I think, like I said at the beginning, she's done the best that she could with the resources that she had and the examples and role modelling that she didn't have um, in her time when she had her children. Hmm. Yeah, and that's such a big thing to be able to arrive at, which I feel so many still find challenging, you know, the coming to a place where that acceptance is truly present and that doesn't mean that you have to like the experiences that you went through but to accept that they are who they are and there's nothing that we can do to change them and that we are the ones that actually change the future imprint and example through ourselves. And we always talk about this, right? Like you had us so early, you were 21 when you had me. Um, mm. And then the other two were very close together and how you just did, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't <laughs> we often think talk about that, you didn't, no. well, like, of course you thought, but like yeah. you didn't have this same way of examining and um, processing and exploring all of the things that, you know, the way that you see me <laughs> kind of move through life. Yeah. It's like when things are patterned for me, I don't dress it from the behavior. Like I go in deep and da, 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 da. And that's not always the case, but for a lot of the things I do. And, you know, you ha followed your intuition as a mom before it was like a thing that you were aware of. Mm. And there are many places in your life that you have expressed to me that you've not felt like you've been able to reside in that, but in motherhood that was never not there for you. No, and I think before we jump into that, I do want to say that, you know, what I, the comments I made before about my mum, that's taken a lot of work to arrive as simple to the statement that I just made before. You know, it's, it's probably taken me, I went through a whole cycle of being really angry with her for a long time and so resisting be, being like her or becoming like her or even the possibility or even when people say oh my god you look so much like your mom I would resent that because I was like I'm nothing like her but that is not what this is about and you know through self-discovery personal development even therapy um, talking to people about it and really unpacking what was at the core of it family constellation you know breaking the, the generational line things like that um, I can now truly be at peace with it. So I just wanted to clarify that because I don't want people to think like, oh, well, that was, you know, that just happened. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it, it took at least, you know, two decades to get there pretty much since I moved to Australia. So back to what you were talking about when it came to you guys. Yes, there was a lot of, we didn't have everything that we've got now. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. But it was very much, a, oh, okay, we're pregnant. Well, now we need to find a place. When we, when I felt pregnant from you, 
we were living in this small, not can't even call it an apartment, but it was literally three small rooms. And the nursery wasn't even done. Dad was still painting two days before I was giving birth um, because that wasn't a thing, you know. It was just like, oh, well, she's coming and we'll do the best we can. We've got, you know, we've got a roof, we've got food. It will be fine. Um, but, yeah, it was just something that, you know, when you came, it was like, okay, well, there's a little human here. I was very lucky with you. You were the best baby, and that's why your brother and sister exist, and we laugh about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made up for it later years, don't worry, guys. The thing is there, though, that it was I was so willing to explore what this whole motherhood thing was about without even knowing it. I was just naturally um, connected to it, and it was never – oh, my God, I've got kids now and no, I can't do this and mm -hmm. can't do that. And very lucky and fortunate that your father was very mm -hmm. much on the same page. We took you guys everywhere. Mm -hmm. We explored the world with you. And there was never a moment where I thought, oh, my God, I'm missing out because now I have kids. Um, so that's a little bit of, I think, connecting it back to what the question you asked me about the intuition stuff, that when you're feeling more into it, things just happen in a different way. And I think that's all along when you guys were growing up that has been my compass and mm. that was my guide and whether I knew it or not um, that's just what happened mm. yeah and it is the feeling over the thinking and especially as a mother like that is where our primary primal instincts are available to us and of course I'm not yet a mother but I am a woman and I understand how that translates and that just almost amplifies when you do enter into motherhood because these children, aka me, <laughs> as one of them, we literally hold your DNA encoding and there's so much stuff that's come out around the, I guess, genetic crossover that happens in terms of how the mother absorbs particular DNA of the baby within her body, which potentially has the ability to amplify the connection between mother and child. So that you, as to that sixth sense that you develop, like it's a really interesting thing to explore. And, you know, I'm no scientist or anything like that, but I love learning about this sort of stuff because it also gives context to the lineage work and, you know, breaking cycles. And for what mum was saying around, you know, that she really did do deep work on herself, on excavating some of these stories and breaking certain patterns within our lineage. and you know, our relationship hasn't always been what it is right now. We were actually very much on the path to recreating a similar story between you and I in the sense of not having a relationship, not the way that I grew up, but you consciously chose to distance yourself from your mom. And when you and dad separated, I did the same thing. I was like, you know, in such a world of pain, I didn't know what was going on. I felt abandoned. I felt like... I didn't matter. My brother, you know, moved off to boarding school and my sister was living with you and I felt like I was stuck with dad and everything that was playing out there. And this isn't a story that I've ever shared here on the podcast before because it hasn't, you know, come up in such a way. But we went through some pretty significant intense shifts later on in my teen years and, you know, my dad had certain things going on for him that really heavily affected me and did a lot of damage, but this was also my soul's path and choice. And so the thing that I 
only knew how to do was cut my mum out because I was in too much pain and I needed somebody to blame. So <laughs> scapegoat over here, <laughs> um, you know, and for five years we didn't have a relationship. And I would love for you to share a little bit around your experience on that and what that really opened up for you in terms of the inner work that that kind of laid the foundation for you to explore. Mm. I think there's a, a couple of things coupled to that. Um when we, you know, when we as humans go through certain really life-changing moments such as, you know, the breakdown of the family unit in our case, um, financial breakdown, health breakdown, everything sort of escalated at the same time. It wasn't just one thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, I guess my life turned into a completely different picture and experience than what I had had experienced for those 38 years that I had been in a marriage and had kids and build up a lot of material stuff with, you know, your dad. And I think once you get to that destruction point, there comes a point where there is what people call rock bottom and that's different for everybody. And I think because there were so many significant events all happening almost simultaneously, it's almost like once you get to rock bottom, there is nothing else in rock bottom and it mm. hurts. And that's where the defining moment, I guess, um, sits. And for me, it was, you know, I made a call to one of my best girlfriends and said, look, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. And that was at two o'clock in the morning and bless her, she got in her car and she came to see me and said, what's going on? And that was the rock bottom. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I've got these three kids and I've got a choice here. I've got to either I can swallow and dwell in my misery and blame everybody and everything and my life is so awful or I can see whether there is anything that I can explore. that will. Ma- and I didn't even know what that looked like. So, again, I'm saying it very clear now, but at that time it wasn't. But I think that the basic steps for me then became about I need to look after myself. Even if I didn't, again, articulate it like that, I knew that I had to spend time on me and not um, try to force and fix things that I couldn't, that were out of sight of my control. And EGU, you know, that relationship, I had attempted many different things and it just didn't work. And the more I, I, I get, and I say try, and you know, that's a, an interesting word, but the more I went that direction, the less results I got. And it was draining. It was tiring. And I just went like, you know, I've had enough. I'm not doing this anymore. And I think the defining moment for me was when um, Christmas, one Christmas came around and I was in such a bad state. And your dad rang me and said, hey, the kids really don't want to come for Christmas. And I went like, okay, I think it's time we have a, a conversation. Um, but by then I had started to do some work on myself and really getting clarity on what role I had played in all this time. Um, and I started getting some clarity around that. And I also felt that I needed to be building my strength within myself and show up as a different version of me and not the mum that I had been previously as in the nurturing and keeping the peace and and not rocking the boat. And it was like, no, now it's time. You guys are teenagers and almost young adults. You've got to see me as a human and not as your mom. And this, and I think that we, that's what we do with parents. And that's why we get so disappointed. We put them on pedestals, but at the end of the day, they're just humans doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but we want them to be a version of our imagination of what feels safe for us. And when that isn't there, and I had that with my mom, then all of a sudden they become the person, the easiest person to blame. But when you do that self-inquiry piece, when you start really looking within and go like, okay, what's actually playing out here and what do I need to do? Um, and not being the victim and the martyr in the story, but using it as an opportunity to almost recreate yourself. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there are a few things in that that I'd like to revisit just for context and, you know, this is such a big part of our journey together and, it started with the relationship breakdown, as you said, like you and dad separating and that no longer being a thing. And actually prior to that, you'd snapped your femur um, and you had been immobile for many, many months and weren't healing. And that was the kind of point of the spiral down. And I'm wanting to share this story, not to rehash old wounds or anything like that. We've done a lot of integration around coming to peace with these experiences, but I feel for those of you listening that may be going through something challenging, whether it's directly related to your mum or not, or you can review and reflect back on your own childhood and teenage years where you might be able to see some of these patterns that played out in your own experience for your mum or for your parents, that you might be able to find a little bit more grace that you can extend to that experience. Because as mum said before, we're all doing the best that we can with the know-how, awareness and tools we have at any given moment, right? And that's something that I want this conversation to be a testament to, to the possibility of what it is when we are willing to do the healing work and create a different story together moving forward. But once that happened in terms of the relationship breakdown, it wasn't long after that there was a big crash within the structure of our financial safety and I say our because it was the family unit again but it was really related to you and dad of course mm. but you guys had been working together for a very long time and had built a business from nothing that had almost over 100 staff that was in every state within Australia it was a European-based business to begin with and you also had um, the Australasian arm, so it was starting to expand so quickly and you had such a hand in that, as, of course, Dad did. But you were always the people person and, you know, like that has always been your gift. And when I think of you, you know, like, again, we do coach and da-da-da-da, but there's so much more depth to you. Um, and, yeah, when certain things played out there and the collapse happened financially because, you know, I don't really want to pull that up because I do have a respect for my father and his experiences as to what specifically played out. But I, I do want to share that piece because what the cascading effect of that was mum was attempting to already pull herself out of the darker place that the relationship collapse was bringing you into because I remember that's when you did Landmark. Because before when you said you stopped forcing, yeah. this was that was the moment where I feel if I reflect mm. that there really started to become a significant resistance between you and I and that I started to pull away. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think this is an interesting thing, memory, right, because the memories that we hold individually are sometimes so different mm. 
and there are snapshots of things and experiences that we have had. I think, and, and I feel like memories are also a bit tricky because they can trick you into believing something that might not be entirely true, but it feels good to us in that moment. And we often have these conversations where, like, oh, that happened. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, it's like a memory is is a really, I find it a very tricky resource to tap into because if you talk to five people in the room that were in the same experience, they all have a different experience of it. Might be very nuanced, but some, often that really happens. Mm. So um, I think, yes, how you've experienced it, you've, you've come from it as a child. How I experienced it is from um, an adult where everything that had been built was basically non-existent. Mm. So when I feel when that is happening in your life, when everything that you thought and believed in falls away, it's very tricky because it's like your identity seems to disappear with it as well. What I know now, I guess, looking back on it, is that it was my biggest gift. Mm. Um, and I often say that, like, you not being in touch with me for five and when we say we have we didn't speak for five years, Max would come and visit me maybe once every 10 days and it would be a quick meal. I would cook her favorite stuff. She would look at her phone and go like, okay, it's time to go. There was no conversation. There was no discussion. It was a politeness thing. Um, and for me, at one point in time, that just didn't work anymore. And that Christmas day that I was referring to earlier. Hey, can you just... Park that story for a second because you're rushing ahead. <laughs> I wanted to go back to oh, the landmark. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that, right. was, that yes, was, yes. we will, that story is important, but this lays the foundation for that story. Okay. Because, yeah, that's right. So I had attempted, well, I had a friend who had gone to this thing, personal development thing. I'm not going to name the name. I really We've <laughs> already done enough flying uh, for that. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter, but there was this opportunity to, I guess, participate in something that I'd never done before. It was all around personal. I was curious. And the interesting thing was I had um, enrolled three times and three times something would come up and I wasn't able to get there. And so the fourth time I was able to go there. And I had such a profound experience throughout. It was a weekend, so it was three days. And when I got back from there, I just felt like, wow, you know, it sounds weird. I'd seen the light. It's a bit overstated, but it felt like that moment, that aha epiphany of, oh, my goodness, everybody could do this and it would be so great if everybody did it and we all speak the same language. And I really felt for our family, but I was still stepping into that I needed to fix everything because I had made a decision to leave. I felt so responsible. So I wanted to find ways that I wanted to fast track the grieving of the family unit by giving them something that I found really beneficial. So long story short, I went home, was so excited, and I wanted to gift it to my family. So the three kids and Walt. And to his credit, he was like, okay, well, if you think that's going to be a good thing for our family, we'll do it. Dax and Bo, my, my other kids, they were on board with it. And then it came to Maxime and I said, well, Max, um, so this is the date. This is where we're going. I'm paying for it. And she said, well, no, I'm not, not doing it. And I said, well, what do you mean you're not doing it? Of course, we're all doing it. And she was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not interested. And I was like, I felt panic because I wanted, what do you mean? And the other three had already said yes. And she was the only one not being really into it or not budging. 
So, and that was, this is the moment of one of my biggest lessons in life. And I just did the unforgivable. <laughs> I basically went like, well, now I'm really desperate. Now I've got to pull all the cards out. And I said to her, here we go. Are you ready? Because it's really bad. <laughs> I said to her, if you really love me, you will do this. And I'm pausing there for a moment because that's exactly how it went. And to which Maxime said to me, get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> she actually did. And she was 15 at the time. And it was such a big wake up call for me because that was a defining moment where I went, but you know what? I need to really look after myself and I need to do this. And it's not about anyone else and whomever wants to come with me can but I'm not going to, I'll never, ever force it again. Mm. And it is, I feel like just to kind of explore that a little bit, like this is what can happen when we're in that level of desperation, right? It's like the so wanting to also as a mother is like how I'm just feeling into this for you and you, you correct me if it, there's nothing in that, but just like, the wanting to alleviate the suffering that you could so clearly see that was playing out for us as kids and especially me. It's like when you come for me though at that age with something where I'm resistant, I'm just going to dig my heels in deeper. Mm -hmm. And I remember that, yeah, I said get fucked, but I also said don't you ever use your love for me to get me to do what you want again. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that that in it, that I think that was even more um resonating for me than the you know the initial comment because it's true it's what you said when we're desperate we will go and and find different ways of manipulating the situation and really wanting to yeah it's it's a weird thing that we do as as parents but I also think that I've been I wouldn't say lucky but aware because of my relationship with my mom Mm. that I wouldn't repeat or I didn't feel aligned to repeat what she and I had. And mm. I think that was really important. So, And the emotional manipulatory thing was a bit of a default. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it's the, I had felt up until that point that I never had done that with my kids until I was desperate enough. And I think there were two things, looking back on it now, I realised what my mum what had driven my mum to be as she was because mm. she wanted to desperately have, um, she's got a lot of things that happened with her in her life and I think I was like the last thing resort that she could perhaps have a better relationship than what she had with her other kids. So mm. I think that was one thing. And that, and that's when I realised like, okay, I get her now in terms of, you know, why she did what she did and felt was the right thing to do. Mm. So, but um, I guess with you guys, I've always been... Um, I've never been like I'm I'm the savior, I'm, I'm gonna come and save you. Mm. We we had very clear conversations with both dad and myself that you know, you go and do stupid stuff. You don't have to <laughs> Oh, and I did plenty, <laughs> don't you worry about that. <laughs> yeah, but that's your responsibility. And yeah, you can call me, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna fix it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really big key difference between what I see at times with other parents as well, we have the right intention because we want to protect our children. Of course, we we love our children, but we often create the op- opposite effect of that mm-hmm. um, because we, we are not allowing them to make the mistakes. You know, I made the mistakes because she wasn't there, but um, we were there for you and we still wanted you to make mistakes so you could, mm. I guess, navigate through 
this world of you know of living <laughs> I guess this 3D reality yes um yeah and you know like then just to wrap up the Christmas story that was when I learned and I don't feel we necessarily need to get into the story of how it happened but that's when I learned that you had boundaries mm. and that you weren't going to accept me behaving like a little shit because at that time that's really what I was doing even though I was in my own pain and suffering there was no excuse for the way that I was behaving and that to me was also like a it, it immediately embedded a curiosity and again when I met with something that doesn't give me what I want straight away I don't like it but I'll respect it later on down the track and that's something that as an adult I've really had to <laughs> kind of relearn in the sense that when I met with a boundary to respect that straight away rather than trying to overstep it. But it was really interesting to me because that gave me a curiosity later on as I started to watch. I'm like, well, something's changed in you. All you've ever wanted it is us to be close and now you're saying that's not what you want. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so to me it was also like a well, now I'm definitely not having a relationship with you because <laughs> it's like, you know, but I was at that push pull was so strong within me that I was willing to hurt myself more than give myself what it was that I really wanted just purely because I needed to go on that journey and that experience. And I feel for us, it was also a soul contract thing that we had agreed upon this well before we came here. And we didn't have the conscious awareness of that at the time, but we have had such a dynamic relationship with so many different stages and we'll get to the more recent ones because it is not something that every mother and daughter get to experience and especially doing life so close the way that we have in so many different ways and that's not right or wrong but this is just what we I feel in years to come are a testament to what's possible when we are willing to do this healing work and you have laid so much foundationally for our lineage. You know, I find a lot of women that are in my age bracket that are willing to take this path of conscious evolution, whatever that looks like for you. I'm not here to, you know, say that it has to be one way or the other, but basically the willingness to move beyond past stories and past imprintings of the way that things were done through the, you know, the ancestry that came before us. And that has made aspects of my journey easier because I've got somebody to look to and that's not something that everybody has the the ability to do in terms of you are always willing to get in arenas that feel uncomfortable you are always mm -hmm. willing to learn you are so curious you are not stagnant in the sense of you know like this is how it's been done so this is how it has to be right you've always had such a curiosity for life and that's why I feel, you know, the healing path came for you part of because you're also a healer. She wouldn't ever name herself that, but <laughs> I see it and I feel it and I know it. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but, yeah, like it has definitely made aspects of my journey a, a lighter load to carry because you've gone first. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so looking, you know, I'm sort of on that halfway mark, a century, <laughs> a little bit over. And even looking back on, back to the, you know, the, the breakdown in everything that occurred, 
how it then presented itself as the biggest gift because without all those experiences that I'd had, I would have never been in the line of work. I would have never been able to do the line of work that I'm doing today. And it brings me the biggest joy to be able to work with people and my space is in the business space, but really what I work with is the the human, the the way they see things and do things and feel things within their world of self and the world of, of business and community. And I always imagined like if I had been in that old world where everything looks really solid but wasn't, where would I have been right mm. now? And I could not even imagine having lived in that world. And that's the weirdest thing because it's almost like it's such a big lifetime ago and then when I look at my life now and how it has changed, but the amount of people that I've been able to connect with and work with, and therefore I feel that as a mum, I've been able to show up differently mm. because it is, yes, you guys are everything to me, but my life doesn't evolve around the three of you. You know, it's we hang out organically, not because we feel we have to, or mm. it's like a you know, oh, my God, I haven't spoken to my mom or I haven't spoken to my kids for, you know, whatever time. It is when I call my kids is because I want to find out how they're going and, you know, I want to let them know that I'm thinking of them and that mm-hmm. I love them dearly and, you know, that they're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I always say that because I think that's really important that sometimes we go like, oh, we, you know, we hold back on certain emotions or feelings or vulnerability, whatever it is, but... I encourage everybody to say, you know, until people get sick of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care because it is, it is such a, such a joyous and beautiful thing to, to watch, you know, them do their lives. And yeah, you can see sometimes the heartaches, but that's not my job. My I've done my job. I've, I've put them in the world together with my husband and we've both played different roles and I've just been very lucky and privileged to have had the impact and the connection that I've got with these guys. <laughs> and even though we had to go through that five-year cycle, back to, spinning back to there because we often talk about it, yes, it was not great to have experience, but I think that's also why we have the relationship that we have today and it's we've evolved so many times. We've done so many cycles together and I couldn't, again, not imagine it being any different. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, when I say that we have a soul contract, ours extends far beyond mother and daughter, and I'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. But just to close off that loop on that five-year cycle and everything that played out and yada, 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 we actually had a conversation where we very specifically said, this is our line in the sand, we're going to do it differently. Mm. And we made that call, and I feel that this is something that often doesn't happen in relationships it doesn't matter whether it's this type of dynamic or if it's an intimate relationship or you know it's with your father and daughter or like doesn't matter what type of relationship if we are choosing to leave the past in the past both need to actually make that decision because we weren't going to keep rehashing the oh but you did this to me and I did this to you oh but this is why I do that like we we really like that was the serious commitment that we made. It wasn't something that we went back on. Occasionally our stuff would come up, but it would never be the going back to where we were 
because we had said together, like, let's create something new. And we had no idea what that could look like. And, you know, this is where my, um, one of my angels on my journey came into my life as well. And it was my dog. Mm. Um, when you couldn't be in my life, you gifted him to me and he found me. And that's a whole other story, but he was what brought us together in mm. so many ways because I was just I was just gonna say I do want to add something to it because we before we had that conversation you're referring to, we'd already made and I think this is a really important part. We often think we have to talk things out and through and talk and talk and talk. And when we are not um when we haven't dealt with the things that are actually going on for us internally it's very difficult to have a good conversation, mm-hmm. even though you come from the space where you want to make it work. Mm-hmm. But if there's still unresolved stuff within us, it will become an, a superficial, artificial type of relationship. We we both want the same outcome, but we can't meet each other there. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was really interesting is as much resistance as Maxime had towards me about what had occurred, there were also things that she couldn't, that were, that were undeniable. Um, that we had a lot in common. We, for instance, we loved cooking. Mm. Um, I, you know, I've been a cook for so long for my family, and I just loved. Yeah. Until to- now, now she makes me cook. <laughs> She's like, I already did twenty years, twenty-five plus years. <laughs> I always say, but this is the thing. So before we even could have a conversation, we, we would come over and we would cook together, um, and that was the first like, oh, we actually enjoyed that, but we didn't yeah. actually speak about that. I feel that's actually a really beautiful point. It's like if you're looking to repair a relationship with somebody, finding neutral ground mm. can be a really beautiful gateway into the opportunity for conversation, mm. and that's what you're talking about. But yep. then at one point we did get to that place where we were like, okay, we're both willing. We spoke, we actually talked it out a bit before that but then we decided at the end of that that it wasn't about I don't know specifically what played out I did you do yeah I Um, do I do because I think the step afterward was when Strider appeared in your life and then we went for walks yeah and again there was no talking not not about deep stuff like we would yeah we would talk obviously but but it wasn't but we often would actually walk in silence yeah okay and that was really great and it became for once a week became twice a week mm-hmm. and then we discovered that there were other really great walking road, mm-hmm. roads to take when accident and things like that yeah and the the point where we had that really clear conversation that was actually with all three of you mm-hmm. um which was around the christmas time where and i think as a parent you know we can we can only go this far and this is just for me individually i had been so much wanting to repair and make things better, but there comes a point where you have to stand up as a parent and you've got to make clear what is acceptable and what's not because Mm -hmm. otherwise you get what you accept. Mm -hmm. And I had to be strong enough to do that. And at one point I said to all three of you, if this is the relationship, if if you're going to continue to blame me for what's happened, that's not a relationship that I can move forward because I can't change what's happened. Mm -hmm. As much as I want to, I I have no influence over that. Mm -hmm. But what I can offer is a new way of, connecting with one another now if you guys are interested in that and I remember I said it exactly like that if that's Mm. something that's that you can see yourself doing with me then I would love to have you back in my life Mm -hmm. but until such time I will not be a doormat I will not accept you guys not wanting to come here and be forced that's not the relationship I'm looking for but that took a lot of 
because there was a big risk involved in that. And I think that was my intuition stepping in. If I had to have, have myself think through it, I probably would have thought, thought myself out of it and I wouldn't have said it. But I was so strong within me that I went like, no, this is not good enough. I'm not going to repeat what I had with my mom and turn up because I felt that was what I had to do. I wanted to be real and I wanted to be true. Mm. Yeah, it's no obligation. Um, and that was, yeah, the closing off that I feel that when the next chapter started from mm. there and then, you know, so much of the journey that has gone beyond that has been tandem healing side by side. Yep. And, you know, we live together as adult and mom um, in Port Melbourne, but we also made a conscious choice that we were going to be partnering as friends mm. and that we were at a different dynamic to what we were. And this is what I mean as to we have a unique relationship. Like we've always consciously slash unconsciously to an extent marked each chapter of our evolution by what it is that the dynamic that we wanted to embody. And it was sometimes a conversation. Sometimes it was just like an understanding that we had with one another without needing to do the conversation. But we've journeyed so much of these chapters of life side by side in varying ways. And I've watched you build your own business and I've been in the trenches of what that took for you. And, you know, all of the talks that you've given and all the practices that you used to do and the ways you used to psych yourself out and then how I'd be there and, you know, kind of talk you down. And then, you know, you watching the various stages of my journey when I was building my PT business and all that sort of stuff. And then the really big one, which fractured our relationship in a different way was when I was really unwell and I continued to keep that alive within me and you needing to witness that as an adult mother to an adult child because I was no longer your full responsibility the way that I would have been, you know, if I was a 10-year-old, right, different because you are, you know, you're the care, you're the primary pe- caregiver at that age. But when I'm an adult, there's a different dynamic around that. And maybe as an ad- a mom to adults, and this is what we often talk about, right, like it's really cute how we, oh, we want to have children, da, 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 da. but we're going to spend more of our life, particularly at this point in humanity's evolution, with adult children than children, right? You're going to be a mum to adults longer than you are to kids. That's mm. like basically. If you're fortunate enough. Yes, yes. for yeah. the majority, right? Yeah. Like given where we are yeah. in the times that we're in, um, our lifespans are the nature of that. But being a mum to adults, you actually gifted me the most insightful (laughs) (laughs) sentence that I have on shared with so many people over the years. Um, That's when I asked you about what's it like being a a mom to adults? Do you remember what you said to me? No. You said a mother's work never stops. It just changes. (laughs) Wow. That was profound. (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, it's that that's my experience of it. You know, Um, I think it's, Again, it's such a unique thing for any individual that becomes a parent. And I hear so many because through my clients, you know, lots of them have children or teenagers and they're going through the stages that I've gone through. And sometimes I just smile because I go like, yep. I remember that. (laughs) I remember that. I'm not regretful that I'm no longer there because it is a very different time to raise children in. And, you know, our grandparents used to say the same thing. I think that's an ongoing conversation but yeah I just feel when you become a mum to adults 
you just have different conversations. And I think that the the humanizing, it doesn't become level because you're still the parent, but it does, you know, we have really good, in, and you've supported me through lots of things over time and um, both energetically and from an advisory point of view that I really, and I think that's the thing, you know, we've got to, if I was to make a closing comment on this, we've got to allow, even though we're, have small young children, we've got to allow to listen to them. And I think that's one of the things that I've been unconsciously able to do. I was always very present and listening to what my children were sharing with me. Um, I was not already in the next thing or thinking about the next thing. For some reason, that just happened naturally. I just wanted to know what was going on. I was really curious about what was going on in their lives and how they were doing things and how they were learning and how they were interacting. I found that fascinating, you know, seeing them grow up. And I think as an as an adult parent, you get the opportunity to have different conversations and also for the children to see you as that human and notice the effort that you make in terms of your your own space and your own developments and your own life experiences and that the world you know, can be challenging, but that there is good ways to get through that or navigate through that. Mm. So you can you become a little bit more supportive and advisory. Um, but again, you know, my kids know that I will never give them my opinion unless they ask for it. Um, I will never come out and say, oh, well, I think. Mm. <laughs> I always say, would you like my <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, no. She doesn't need to say anything. We're like, we can already feel it. Don't even speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there was a thought that just came in as you were saying that too, like how different your children are. And that's something that we have always had the freedom mm. to explore. And this is a testament to my father just as, as much as it is to my mom. You know, he maybe had the tendency to potentially go down that way, but he never really did it to us directly. But he, we always had the freedom to be who we wanted to be and explore the world in the way that we wanted to explore it. It was never like you will only be worthy of receiving our love if you become this or if you become that carbon copy of what we believe you should be in the world. Um, you know, like I feel I've always been quite strong-headed uh, but so are both my brother and sister. Mm. Uh, but you guys have given us that freedom and that's something that got us into a lot of trouble in the system in terms of schooling mm. because we were difficult. But that's because you and Dad always said to us, ask questions. Mm. You were misunderstood and that was labelled difficult and challenging and, you know, as you were talking now, I'm I'm going because I want to really be really clear and make sure that I don't have the perfect blueprint, right? There is no handbook. I always say that to young parents. Like the unfortunate, the good, <laughs> the good news is there is no blueprint. The bad news is there is no blueprint, right? Because you've got to figure it out along the way. And the the people with the best intended advice. I would say are probably the people that you do not want to listen to because you've got, you have to experience it yourself. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, that's just the way it goes. And I think, again, we all are here. The, the proof is always in the pudding. I, I never, I, I remember thinking one time, I wonder what my kids will say when they're grown up, what they would say about me. 
And I don't think it's actually that what I was wanting to know about in words, but I know it through the connection and the relationship that we have. That's enough. The fact that they still want me to hang out with them, that for me says Mm. everything that I need to know. You know, I don't need to have the accolades that I've been a fantastic mom because I've also made plenty of mistakes, Mm. you know, and I've had to fumble my way through it and sometimes going like, well, it's too much freedom, too much. You know, maybe that is not the best thing to drop my daughter off in the city at 15 years of age going clubbing, right? Maybe that is, but that was my experience, right? Because I did it without my mum knowing and, and I thought, well, at least I know where she is and if something goes wrong, she will pick up the phone and I'll be able to come and get her. So that gave me some comfort. So, you know, you just don't know until it gets to a certain point and, I can't wait for the next chapter where they have their children because that's going to be interesting. (laughs) And a lot of fun. (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah, well, Mm. yeah. (laughs) I'm going to park that one for now because apparently you get the mirror of what you were then some. So, like, I I can only imagine what uh, that journey will be like, but we're not quite there yet. As you can hear, she's looking forward to being a grandmother. I am. I want to be a young one. (laughs) Hurry up. Well, I look forward to seeing that unfold sometime we're just not quite there yet um but yeah like the fact that you're bringing up the next generation is something that I'd like to weave into conversation because we've touched on the lineage work a little bit and we've done many different explorations of this within our dynamic but then also within our individual healing like you touched on family constellations and that was I feel a really pivotal part in our journey in terms of reconciling the piece around your mum and you and the influence that that had on our line. And I use different language and I receive this in a different way to mum. But again, when she said the the intuition piece, she's always done these, like she never sought that out, right? Like the healing modalities and the things that have come on her path, she's been open to, but never like, if I reflect the majority of them are not things that you went and searched for. The things that organically came on your path and that's what I feel with you and like healing. And if we look at this era that we've really been in of self-development, all this, like we go seeking for it, but when we're really ready, things that are required for us to take the next step in our healing will actually find us is my belief. And what I've seen within our relationship, like family constellations was not something like, Oh, we need to do work on our family line or Mm -hmm. anything like that. It was just the next right step. And that actually opened up something really significant in that experience for us because everybody, if they're not familiar with family constellations, could you explain that a little bit as to what, how that may set be set up and how the energy actually works? Um, I'll keep it brief because I'm not an expert in it either. I was introduced to it through my business coach at the time, an incredible human um, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Mm. But he introduced it to me through workshops that we that I would um, attend and, and work with him on. And one time he introduced me to he said I invited me to come to one of the family constellations. And and basically what it is, it's a it's a process of energy in which people who have things within their family lineage that they are stuck with or want to see resolved in one way or the other. It, it's an opportunity to actually connect to that and see what is actually here at play. So the pro, the process he used was very much around 
there'd be a, a whole group of people that would come and attend in a circle and he would have different cards in on which he had written the different family members and whoever felt called to actually step into that and um, without knowing what role they were about to play but energetically it was like it automatically just embodied them mm. and as an observer as a person that is in that lineage you could see it all play out now there's many different formats of family constellation this was the format that he used mm. but what it what it allowed us to do it's like that again that whole energy and being in the field and that type of work it just really opened up to the deeper healing and the grief that we hold in our bodies and in mm. our minds to be released so i had two rounds of it and i and then you and dex did it yeah and you know, it collapsed a lot, but it was really interesting. One of the first ones, which was specific to your mum, I ended up playing the burden. Mm. And for that to happen, for me to energetically feel, and this is representative of what the potential was for me, that I was going to continue carrying that when I now am speaking to this, like I've never felt it like that before. It's just how it's coming through. But it's for me to have played that role in that family constellation experience and that to have been for my mother, but then equally for that to have been for me and unknowingly for the future children that I potentially bring into this world, because that is the power of this work. And it's not to say that we're experts in this field or anything like that, but this is just something that I do feel in time we may explore together. We've always said that. And uh, Mihio, your coach, was going to actually certify us in this work, but it just wasn't right time and we do this in different ways now, like already through the skills and the tools and the things that we have now in our own individual work in different ways. It might not be as deep and intense as this, but we are playing with energetics of resolving certain things that are imprints of those that came before us. And the reason that I feel that I want to bring this into conversation for those of you listening, you're on the healing path. You're on the path of evolving. You know, you're curious. There are things that you recognize are required for you to live a really embodied empowered life in you know whatever that looks like for you but I think I want to add something to that though because the thing I feel the key thing in all of this if we wrap it all together is that there needs to be a willingness there needs to be a willingness of exploration mm -hmm. and experimenting with different types of modalities or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. just because back to the example where I wanted to force Maxim to do a certain course, mm. when people are not in the at the level that you think you are, and I think and that's why I say think you are because mm -hmm. it's so interesting what I observe people doing and people saying um, and wanting to put it up on other people, I think the most beautiful thing you can give to your children is to allow them to find their own path. You can give them the ingredients but allowing them to explore what it could look like for them versus a framework that because it works for you, you want to gift that to them as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's so individualized and it's just, you know, that piece was important for you to weave in, but just to close out the um, lineage piece, it's like we carry so much unconsciously that might not even be our own and, it's often not our own. Yeah, like the majority of what we carry is not our own. It's no. also what we've received through the societal conditioning, through the programming of how we need to show up. And, you know, 
to get all of our lower needs met, be that love, safety, security, et cetera, et cetera. And then there are, of course, some of our personal experiences that have created traumas and imprints that may be causing us to default to certain behaviors that don't actually allow us to receive and experience what it is that we really want. But when we are able to sever that pattern that continues things through our line, it's so powerful. And that's basically all that I wanted to say because it's like sometimes we we enter this work like, oh, there's things that we need to fix or there's things that I've done. Like, First of all, there's nothing that ever needs to be fixed because it's all perfect and it's all there in service to our growth and evolution. But secondly, it's not always you. And sometimes when we're able to zoom out and to actually explore, and again, with that curiosity that you've always spoken to, and that doesn't mean we create an attachment to any of these things, but it's just recognizing that, yeah, we are dissolving things that are not necessarily just coming through and from us, and particularly as women. So if we've got mother-daughters here listening, you know, it's shown that when we are in our grandmother's womb, our mother already carries all of the eggs that she's going to carry for procreation to potentially happen. So we are already in the DNA structure of the the two women that came before us, so our mother and our grandmother. So whether we're aware of that or not, there is like an energetic DNA connection that's held. So of course there's going to be for me, like that seems just very logical that there, because there's so much we don't know about the human body and the way the energy works, but you were carried, yeah, in your grandmother's body as a woman and you have the potential to pick up on everything. We do know that definitely that the the babies feel, hear and experience so much of what's happening in the womb. So that's just an interesting thing to kind of like wrap your head around in the sense of the magic of also like, the generations before us like that's just so wild to me that that's even something that's possible and how incredible the human body is and I also want to really acknowledge I guess the resiliency of our line even though there are many things that may not have been the way that we would like it to happen or the way that we would do it but it's like without them we wouldn't be here <laughs> and I, I I can pay deep respect to your mother as my grandmother who I have not had a relationship with majority of my life but I can respect the fact that without her I wouldn't be here or who I am and you know that's big yeah it is and I think maybe that's a good closing off (laughs) (laughs) yeah well there's so much more that we could have explored but as I said for um kind of the beginning of this like I just really wanted to allow you to hear the wisdom of my mom and the journey between us and the mother-daughter relationship and connection. And, of course, that doesn't even touch the mother-son relationship Mm -hmm. because there is also a brother in between, my sister and I. Um, And, yeah, like I hope that you'll just really take the time to honour your mom, whether she's here or not, whether you have a relationship with her or not, that you can reflect on the contribution she's made to who you are and who you continue to become and that you can extend yourself that love as well because, as I said, even though we may carry the burdens of our lineage, we also carry the great strengths of our lineage and I am so grateful for my mum. I am so grateful for the woman that she is and for the woman that she's allowed me and continues to allow me to become and all of the ways that, 
Yeah. Our, You're going to make me cry. In a <laughs> our souls continue to dance together and yeah. there's just so much gratitude in that and I sincerely mean it and I hope that more mothers and daughters get to experience the richness of a relationship like that and mm. that if you do have your mum near and you do have her in your world that you really let her know how much she means to you and oh. you know <laughs> mother's day coming up that's perfect <laughs> it is it is perfect and I was going to say something really profound and it's completely skipped my mind um so obviously it wasn't meant to be <laughs> meant to be spoken but yeah I, I just think you know if I was to say my my final words, it would be be present and, and make sure that you tell your loved ones, whatever it's your kids, anyone that's close to you, that how much you care about them and how much you love them. And, you know, my kids have been my biggest supporters and my biggest critics. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they <true. laughs> have taught me so much about so much I can't even begin to tell you what that looks like but every time when I see them and hear them or experience them um I just I'm in awe of who they are and how what what role they play in this world so as much as Max you know speaks the appreciation of me as a mom it's it's the same for me as as to my children you know I've got great respect for them and Love them, love them, love them, love them dearly. <laughs> As I said, they're the best thing that's mm. ever happened to me. And, yeah, I look forward to the next 30 years at least to see what's, um, <laughs> what gets created in this um, thing we call life. So, <laughs> so yeah, that is um, our piece from us to you. <laughs> Hold your mother, your father, your, your the people you love close and let them know and, yeah, I'm sure she'll be back at some point, but it I think like- so. I'm going to explore other things. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like the yeah. wizardry that she's up to and the things that she does. Um, there'll be time for us to speak more about that. But yeah, thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to having you here again next time. <laughs>